Welcome to The Ugly Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Emerson. And we're trying really hard not to try so hard. Come hang out with us as we talk about our passion for creativity, authenticity, and heart-centered entrepreneurship. (laughs) Did I say that right? Yep, definitely. Okay, welcome to the Ugly Podcast. That sounded very weird and announcery. Well, you gotta keep it because it's gotta be perfect. <laughs> welcome to the Ugly Podcast. My name is Lauren Alexander. My pronouns are she/her. I am Emerson Lee. My pronouns are they/them. And this is the Ugly Podcast where we talk about being business owners and dealing with not dealing with, embracing our creativity, although I guess sometimes it's dealing with. (laughs) Dealing with our creativity. (laughs) It's a pain sometimes. Yeah, gotta deal with it. And today we're gonna talk about rejection because it's it's real. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And I think it's something that like holds a lot of people back is just that fear of rejection so they just don't get started in the first place well and something that I didn't realize about having a business is that it's like 99.9999% rejection because of all the people in the world the vast majority are just going to be like nah and like it really is finding those like very few people at least at the beginning who are going to say yes to you yes exactly there are billions of people in the world that are going to say no to you (laughs) And even your Instagram followers who have signed on because they're like, yeah, it's cool. I like you. They're still going to be like, eh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's true. And it's like, sometimes it just doesn't, it's not the message people need to hear that day. And that's okay. But it doesn't feel okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I want to uh, share right now that my last meeting an hour ago was a meet and greet for my program. And not a single person showed up. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's, and that doesn't surprise me at all. Like, it's interesting. My feeling of rejection is so different for this. Because, like, I don't know. I just don't feel affected. Because I'm like, I expected this. The meet and greets have been really small. It's such a new concept to people. And also, I don't know if you know this, but apparently social media and business between June and August are just terrible, which makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm like, middle that. of July... Like, I'm just like, okay, no one was there. But what I did with it is I just got on an Instagram live and did a meet and greet on Instagram live. And there were people asking questions and on and off of it. And it was really nice. So yeah, that's, that's the space I currently occupy with this topic. That is so smart to take like, oh, nobody came to this meet and greet that I signed up for. So I'm going to just like come to the people. And then they showed up for you. Like, that's so cool. And now it's recorded so people can, people who wanted to attend but couldn't can watch it. Um, Plus it's just, I didn't like the idea of gatekeeping it into a meet and greet. Like I wanted to meet people individually. That's why I did it. But I also like the idea that people can just watch it. Um, Yeah. My other idea for redirecting that experience was to just be like, cool, I get the next hour off. Um, So it could have gone either way. (laughs) That's a really good way to look at it. I remember you told me that that was the best way to look at it like a while back when I started trying to do um I can't remember if I was doing writing hours or I don't remember what I was doing. Maybe it was your perfectionism workshop. 
one of the early ones. Maybe it was that, yeah. But you were like, if no one shows up, that's just an hour you get to hang out with yourself. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, my philosophy on it is if no one shows up, you get to just hang out. If one person shows up, they get a one-on-one experience. And then if two or more people show up, it's a party. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, now now when I have those things, instead of being like, oh my gosh, if five or more people don't show up, it's a failure. I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be a win, a win, or a win. Perfect. Yeah. I feel like that sent us down a rabbit hole of other things. <laughs> Just no, that's, that's like perfectly on topic. Yeah, it's very applicable. So that brings up the very good question and relevant for me right now. How does rejection feel in your body and mind? Um, I'll start since it's fresh. (laughs) Yeah, please do. It's interesting because like I was saying, this experience of rejection is different than it normally is. But usually I would feel just very shut down and very small, um, both in my body and mind. And I'd just be kind of like spiraling and it'd feel really dark. Like I just, I feel like it's what I'm describing. And I realize now what it feels like is like going back in my shell. Like I put myself out there and I'm coming back in. It's dark, it's small, and it feels safe, but also very sad. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I definitely relate to like, just like the small, like I was, when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking, I just feel like a crumpled up piece of paper. Like someone took my my creativity, my, my baby, whatever I just put out into the world. And they just like smushed it up into a ball of paper. That is now my body. (laughs) Yeah. That's so fitting for your, your business too. That's very in line. (laughs) I know. Totally. But it is interesting. You say that like, it's, it is putting you back in your shell and it is like, it's like, you're going back to a ground level where it's just like, okay. And we're back. And we're, we're still, like, safe in that, like, we're still not being challenged kind of way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, they did, they said no, they rejected me, but now I don't have to do anything, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, well, like, coming back into your shell is, is coming back to center. Like, you center yourself, and yeah, like, you're, when you get that rejection, it's like, okay, I can, I can go back into that safe space and, like, recuperate before I go out again. Yeah. I was just, we can, we might have this as a different topic some other time, but like, I was thinking about this earlier of like the fear of success as opposed to the fear of failure. It's terrifying the idea of success because then you're going to have to do things and you're going to have to continue to show up if you're successful. Whereas if you fail and you're rejected, well, then you're at the same place where you were before, which is unchallenged. And you're like, okay, well, I can just stay here now. <laughs> so like sometimes, <laughs> at least sometimes for me, the fear of success is just as scary as the fear of rejection. I I feel like my fear of success, it's, it's tied in with it. You know, that my fear of success is that I'll be more visible and have more criticism and more, you know, more people rejecting me you know even if I have more people saying yes to me also more people are rejecting me and I can't be in this safe little shell so I think yeah they're they're very inextricably linked yeah definitely do you remember the first time you were rejected in your business and like what that felt like or what that situation was this is such a good question because I don't know if I can remember a specific one because it was just so many small ones there's been so many (laughs) just constant 
Like I remember like everything I've launched and I've launched a ton of stuff in this past year, which is part of why I have a program now is I did a lot of stuff that didn't succeed on its own. So I brought it all together. So it's been a crash course in rejection and everything I launch, I'm like, oh, people will love this. Like they'll connect with this. This will be the thing that they're like, yes. So my Patreon was the first thing I launched. And I, I really, really thought, like, I really thought a lot of people would be responsive to it. And I, especially cause I was starting it at $3 and I, I've had like 12 patrons the whole time and it's gone up and down a little bit, but you know, I thought a lot of people would sign on for $3. And I think that was my first big experience of rejection is like, it's the first thing I really put myself out there for really believed in. Um, now I look back and it's not really aligned with where I want my business to be now. And that shifted and changed too. But at the time I was like, this is my heart and soul. And there's a few people and it was mostly just friends. <laughs> That's my first big one I can think of. What about you? I agree. It was just like so many, I mean, so many little things, like, especially with like applying to editing work, you're just like applying to job after job after job and then just getting no after no after no, or just like no response at all. I think the first time I really felt the rejection was like when I did start venturing into like the coaching sphere and like I followed suit to you and I got, I started a Patreon page and like ghost, ghost town silence. But I also like didn't know what I was doing and I had no idea how to market it and I wasn't doing social media very well. So it makes sense why there was nothing, but it's still just like, like you said, I just had this vision of like, there's going to be a need for this and I can make this work and like people are going to want to join. And then like, when you don't get anything, you just like, it's just like a, the air being let out of a balloon. <laughs> okay. Now what? Yeah. There's so many things that are great ideas. Like both of our Patreons were great ideas. And I think that there's things that make sense theoretically and feel like they're going to happen. And it's so frustrating and like you said, like deflating when you're just like, oh, I guess not. But I mean, you are right. A lot of it's marketing and messaging and, you know, clarity on what we're doing and sharing it with the right people and taking them all the time it takes to build it because it does take a long time for people to even be aware of what you're offering. But I I'm, I just want to hold space for a second about for like how great those ideas were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were nice ideas. There's a world where they would thrive and we'd have these huge patreon communities of people really engaged and benefiting you know and that that was a very nice idea they were nice ideas yeah and they made space for like future growth because yeah i feel like every time i do something and it doesn't get traction or i do get like blatantly rejected it just leaves space for me to then try again because i know i i mean i learn from it each time so like okay that didn't work because of the marketing, because of social media, because I didn't have my messaging down. So now as I'm moving into creating like a coaching program that's more like robust and more defined, I'm narrowing down my audience. I'm like doing better on social media. Like I'm growing out of that rejection. And so I see it as, yes, it was a good idea. Yes, it could have worked in some universe where the things aligned, but in a way it's also good that it didn't because now I am able to birth this new thing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like every small rejection we get, every failed or seemingly failed project does lead to something else. And that's how I feel about From Panic to Power too. Like 
if you ask me if I would prefer to have like 10 separate things that people do on their own or one program where I get to spend time with a group of people who I really, really like, I would choose that. So, and I wouldn't have gotten there if the other things were successful. Yeah, absolutely. So that leads well to tell me about a time that rejection redirected you to a better outcome. Yeah, I think the most obvious thing was before I even started this business, I was getting rejection after rejection for jobs because I was, so I was in corporate real estate and I hated it. Don't recommend zero out of 10. And um, I was trying to find a new job, but I was searching in like tech and marketing jobs and admin jobs and just like, and project manager jobs. I was looking all across the board and like, I had the skill set for them, but like, I didn't want to do any of those things. All of that sounded like uh, garbage to me. And like, I just kept getting no after no after no. And like, I'd get interviews and then just like hear nothing. And it was just super frustrating. But all of those no's helped me then realize like, okay, I don't even want these jobs in the first place. Thank God for those no's. Exactly. Thank, I'm so glad. <laughs> thank the universe. Like, it's just, <laughs> I would have been miserable. And that's what I did. I hopped jobs from one corporate real estate job to another. And guess what? I wasn't any happier in that other one because I, it's not what I wanted to be doing. So it gave me the opportunity to actually reevaluate what I wanted to do. And then that led me into editing. So thank you, all those no's. <laughs> I wouldn't be here without them. I'd be in like a shitty office job still. Yeah. I genuinely believe there is some sort of magic that happens with jobs and housing where you are kept from the things you're not supposed to have. Because there's so much scarcity both with jobs and housing. And I, I just went through the process with both. And It's just so fascinating how you'll be told no on things that you really want or things that you don't really want, but you are applying to because you feel like you need them. And just somehow you get to the one where, you know, you're meant to be at. Yeah. Okay. That just reminded me, we haven't recorded since you got your living situation all like sorted. Yes. I have a home. Yes. I we need to have the, we're going to have a second episode on growth. We have to have it because like the growth between that, that episode and now is just fascinating. Yes. I live somewhere and it's very nice. Yay. Yeah. We said it would happen Um, and it happened. It did. And I absolutely did not believe whatsoever that it would. (laughs) I was like, we simply will never have anywhere to live anywhere again. (laughs) So speaking of good news, I'm going to take this question about a time that redirected rejection redirected me to a better outcome to tell you some big news so basically in my practice I've been trying to make a base income like this whole time I'm like I just want to pay my bills just let me pay my bills and it's been very very hard and even if I were somehow paying my bills I would it's inconsistent you know Um, And especially coming up to Washington, the cost of living so much higher. And we got to a point where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get a job to pay my bills here. And I applied very angrily (laughs) to a lot of long-term care positions. And I have a huge amount of resistance to being in for-profit long-term care settings, but I applied and didn't hear back. I, I think they thought I was like, you know, when you go scouting, 
as a business. Mm-hmm. I think that they saw that I have my own business and they were like, oh no. Cause I was like, obviously they're going to call me right away. Um, I'm way overqualified for these memory care positions. And I think they saw that they were like, this is an overqualified person with their own business. So we don't trust them. Mm. That's my theory. But I applied for a position. It's 15 hours a week. Um, it is at a program, a respite program nearby. So I would spend one day a week with people living with dementia, doing art and music and hanging out with them. And yeah, I, uh, I applied and actually felt really, really good about it. I went to the interview and I, I always get like really strong senses on interviews and I felt just great on the drive there. Great. When I walked into the senior center, great. When I met the board of directors, which is six older women, absolutely love them all. And they offered me the position. So I am the program director for this respite program. And I just work on Fridays in person. And then I have um, like another day that I just do whenever, like I just do the work whenever. So I now have a base income to do spend the rest of my time doing my practice. Yay, that is such good news. Yeah, it's so surprising because I did not want to have a job at all. Multiple times, my my spouse or my dad or whoever has been like, well, maybe you should get a job. And I'm like, no, I'm doing this practice. Like I want to make a living at this. And anytime I considered a job or applied for a job, it felt like selling my soul. And this doesn't, it really doesn't. It feels completely aligned. Like I'm meant to be at the senior center once a week. And I am so excited. I'm probably going to get to know a hundred, 200 people, like all the different people who are going to be there, um, connections I'm going to make. I just, I'm like, I cried on the way there realizing how many people I'm going to meet and how much I'm going to love them. <laughs> oh, that makes me yeah. so happy for you. No, me too. I'm really happy. So yeah, that's, that's my story about rejection. <laughs> Yay. That's so great. I'm so happy. Yeah. It was the same thing with housing too. Like we just couldn't find places or we, we were like rejected for one. We really wanted um super cute, like woodsy house. And literally the day that this one was posted, my spouse got their offer letter for their job, proving we have the income to pay for it. And we applied instantaneously and got it. And yeah, things align. And, you know, like every rejection was needed to give us more time to get here. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Yay. What is something that helps you cope with rejection? It's something that we all have to do, especially as business owners. Like we have to deal with rejection every day sometimes. So what helps you cope? The one I come back to over and over is that I took a business mentorship course after my end of life doula training. And I thought it'd be more about like the nitty gritty details. And it was more about, you know, what's your reason for doing this and what's your mission and, you know, what are the barriers to you moving forward? So it was very, it was like a very heart centered business mentorship. And they told us over and over and over the director of the end of life doula training program and then the um, specific leader of the mentorship, both of them were like, just keep going. And that has played in my mind so many times. And I'm so glad that they were that adamant and brought it up so many times. It was like a broken record. They were like, you're going to want to stop, just keep going. And they both have thriving businesses and they know like there's so many points that you're like, I have to keep going. I can't quit. 
And I, I've almost thrown in the towel so many times and that's, I want to pass that along to other people too. Cause it's, it's saved it so many times. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Yeah. It's, it, it sucks. And it's also great advice because in some senses it's easy. Like, it's like, okay, like I, I just keep doing it, you know, like you it gets you out of your head of like doing the like back and forth and it just you're just like nope gotta gotta keep moving forward Mm -hmm. what about you what do you what's something that helps you cope it's really helpful for me to just like kind of lean into nihilism a little bit (laughs) just be like literally nothing matters and this makes you happy so it doesn't matter how many rejections you get just keep doing what makes you happy so, yeah, I've been really leaning into nihilism. <laughs> with I, you said leaning into nihilism, and I was just, like, my brain was like, 100% yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we talked about that in that program, that business mentorship. We talked about, like, the things that give you a full body yes, and I think about that a lot. And you said that, and I was like, nihilism is a full body yes for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it, too, because, it, it, like, it really is for my business, too, like, a lot of what I do with people living with dementia is like, and and this is my own beliefs I'm bringing to it, but I'm like, let's just eat cake. Like nothing matters. Let's eat cake. Let's stay up late and, you know, watch movies. Like people say you shouldn't watch TV or take afternoon naps. And I'm like, let's just enjoy it all. Like (laughs) nothing matters. Just do what makes you happy, what makes you comfortable and feel good in life. You know, I don't know what else the point should be. (laughs) I mean, there's, you can argue there's, other important things but that's a huge one that we often overlook yeah what did you I think you called yourself a what was it a joyful hedonist or something what did you use oh my what was your term was that like 10 years ago maybe (laughs) yeah no I think that like you said that I was like I haven't used those words in like 10 years (laughs) what was it yes was that what it was I think it was a joyful hedonist. I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember exactly, but I remember that that was one of the like steps outside of organized religion for me where I got to this point where I was like, yes, hedonism. Like we get this one life and why are we not enjoying it? (laughs) Yeah. Pursue what you enjoy. Interestingly, that's not just my life philosophy, but literally my entire practice is founded on that. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I need to look that up and find what I called it. But I think that was it. Yeah. I actually, okay, I do feel like it was more recent, and I am going to just, like, check my text really quick and see if it's in there. Ah! What is it? I recently described myself as vaguely spiritual, but primarily atheist, hedonist, and positive existentialist. Positive existentialist. That's what it was. What is that from? I don't It was a... Oh, you just texted me one day and you're like random question do you still identify as an atheist and then you're like <laughs> we're telling me about a conversation between you and maddie and <laughs> yeah that's where it ended up oh yeah that's right i had a moment i was just like in our house just going about our lives and i was like oh i think i'm an atheist <laughs> yeah yeah the next the next text from me is just like yep it sneaks up on you <laughs> <laughs> yes that atheism it'll sneak up on you (laughs) so this 
this led me down a rabbit hole. I love this. I love when it comes out like this. So I looked in my files, I looked up joyful hedonism and I had had a newsletter right before starting my practice for about a year or so. And it was very grounded in the same idea of like, let's enjoy life. Um, it was called One Finite Life. I miss that newsletter. I love that newsletter. Aw, you were one of the few people who read it. <laughs> but it was, it was actually really cute. Like, my dad and you and Ari were some of the only ones who I know read it. Oh. So what I said, um, I've realized lately that my philosophy on life can be described as positive hedonism, meaning that I believe that we get one brief, beautiful chance to be on this gorgeous planet, and I want to enjoy it as much as I can. And I want to help others experience it that way too. Beautiful. Beautiful. That I completely forgot about that. So that brings me back to it. And I like it. <laughs> I think it's a good philosophy. And especially when there's like rough feelings, like like fearing rejection and perfectionism and all these things that like get in the way of pursuing that. It is nice to just kind of embrace that and be like, this makes me feel good. Whether or not people like it, this makes me feel good. And I'm going to continue pursuing it. Yeah. I love it. It's an interesting development to come out of a rejection episode. I did not anticipate that. I know, right? (laughs) I love it. So basically, our uh, antidote to rejection is hedonism and nihilism. Pretty much. (laughs) I love it. It It is so good, too, because I feel like that's something that happens for me with rejection. Like today, what I was expressing earlier, which is like, eh, doesn't matter. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. I really enjoyed doing that Instagram live. Like, I was like, I don't care that no one's here. I'm just going to do this other thing. And now I'm having a good time. And, you know, it doesn't even feel like a rejection anymore. Yeah. You, like, flip the script. Yeah. Well, that brings up, do you have any specific tips or techniques to empower yourself after a rejection? Yes. Especially after, like, working with writers and going to writers groups and, like, signing up for, like, newsletters for more experienced writers like, the main thing I keep hearing is, like, that your rejection, like, a lot of them will use their rejection letters as, like, badges of honor, which I really appreciate, um, and I ended up doing that when I got my first rejection. I posted it on my social media, and I was just like, look, I got my first rejection! (laughs) (laughs) And I really like that because I think it was in Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert that she talks about um, every no you get is just, like, one step closer to your next yes, And that is just really encouraging to me. Like, yes, there's going to be no's along the way, but every no, just one step closer, you're going to get a yes someday, especially if you just continue showing up authentically and practicing and getting more experience. Like you're going, your skills are going to improve. Your message is going to improve Um, how you present yourself and your work or whatever it is you're doing. It's going to get better and you're just one step closer. So that's how I have been coping. I love the the celebrating rejection letters idea. It's so good. Yeah, I love it. There's this one. Oh, crap. I forgot her name. Paulette Perhatch. I'm going to have to look it up. Um, but she is on. I follow her on Instagram and she she posts her rejection letters like all the time. She's like a full time writer. So she submits pieces all the time and she'll just like submit, like post them every time. Like, hey, here's another rejection. Here's another rejection. And then every once in a while, they'll be like, and here's my acceptance. And it's just like, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love that. I, I love the idea of sharing your failures, being like, see, this is normal. This is part of the process. You're not supposed to succeed all the time because we never see that. We only see the perfect manicured 
final product of like, this is my published piece, but you don't see the hundreds of unpublished pieces, you know? So yeah, I really, I really value that. And that was something that I added to the end of my last perfectionism workshop was like, make sure you're following people who are showing you the full picture because it's so hard when you're a perfectionist to like, you're just constantly comparing yourself to other people and like, well, I'm not there yet. So like follow people who are showing you the full process because it'll just give you so much more empowerment to keep going. I love it. Yeah. What about you? What do you use to empower yourself after rejection? That's a good question. The one I can think of is one I've shared before in one of our conversations that was a podcast episode, but the idea of saying I'll stand or I stand by it afterwards, um, that's something that I use a lot where, you know, if I am rejected or I feel like someone's judging me or whatever, you know, I look at it through my eyes thinking, do I stand by this? And, you know, I haven't submitted a lot of writing, but the things I have submitted, I'll look at something and be like, I like this. This is a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm glad I submitted it. They maybe it wasn't the right fit for them or they don't like it or whatever, but I do stand by it. And that's something that really empowers me because I go into that cowering position and that helps me, you know, and in even like literally standing sometimes and like doing a power pose of like, yes, I do stand by it. <laughs> what is that from? Where somebody wants to go to the power pose workshop or like a power pose class. Oh, is that Parks and it, Rec or is it? Sounds like Parks and Rec. Was it a um, Leslie Nope thing? I feel like that's very Leslie Nope. It does seem very Leslie Nope. For some reason, that like isn't fitting for me. What is it? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, um, yes, I do love the idea of getting into a power pose too and just like letting the confidence run up in your veins from like the blood flow and I'm doing it right now like with the upper half of my body and it just it feels good it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine Brooklyn Nine-Nine yes yes (laughs) yep yep it's Amy (laughs) of course it's Amy (laughs) (laughs) that is it's so funny because I was like that's so Leslie Nope who else would it be and it's like oh well obviously (laughs) (laughs) Amy Santiago (laughs) cool Do you want to tell me about a win you had in this past week or so? (sighs) Yeah, I have to think of one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess um, my, uh, when was, this wasn't last week. Was this last week? My perfectionism workshop was a win for sure. I think it was last week. I've lost track of all time. That was, it went really well. I was so happy with the people who attended and um, just our conversation that flowed out of it. And um, I had a really good time connecting with the people on the call and yeah, it just felt really good. And that was like the first time that I've given my workshop that like I put it on independently. So like without someone else Mm. kind of putting it on and having the audience already ready. Um, So this was one of the first times that I did that where I actually got people to come (laughs) because before it was like, people that I like had to kind of like I had to like claw my way to get people to come and like directly ask people like hey come to this thing um and this time it was a little more organic and like just people in my network and in my vicinity and I was doing the garbage post challenge so like I was talking about it a lot more and that really helped so that was a win for sure that's a huge win to have people coming to you not because they're a friend or a friend of a friend but just people who have found you and love your work to take your workshop. That's, that's huge. That's a turning point. Yeah. I was really excited about it. And yeah, 
Oh, before I forget, I was going to say this. You've inspired me when you said that, like, nobody showed up to your to your meet and greet and then you just, like, flipped it and you're like, I'm going to do a live instead. I'm just going to, like, bring it to the people. I was thinking about that um, rejection I had, my first rejection that I, my uh, like, a piece of writing that I did. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really liked that piece that I wrote. And I was like, what? I should just post it on my blog. <laughs> so I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the idea of being like, well, this group of people or this person or organization rejected me, but I'm not rejecting myself. I'll just bring it elsewhere. And I think that's really empowering. And it too is, it's, it's still your stuff, whether it's you or your work or your business or whatever, like you can just take it elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah. What about you? What's a win for the week? This is so funny. We've been talking about this recently with your workshop and my program that we feel like we're failing, but I, my win is I have six program participants. Like that's, that's a good amount. It's, you know, I don't know what I expected or would have wanted, um, probably more like 10 to 12, but for a first round of a five month program, six people feels really good. And I feel really good about all six of those people. Um, they just, they're all just lovely. I love all of them so much and I can't wait to spend time with them. Yeah, that's so great. Six is such a good number for our first five month long program. Like that's so great. Yeah. Six people and me. So seven people on a call, like that's a full call. And also speaking of like rejections and how they help us grow, I've, I've learned a lot through launching this program about what not to do next time. And I really value that. Yeah. Um, so the majority of the people who have found the program and said yes to it are in their sixties or seventies. Um, so that gives me information about, you know, Instagram wasn't the place for me to be pushing it as much Yeah. or Instagram, but not for them, but recommending it for their parents. Yeah. It's just a totally different approach that I'm going to take. And I'm, I'm just going to do multiple things differently. I'll probably have an application next time around. Um, so they're submitting an application and then I can review it and, and meet with them. Um, so I, I learned a lot and this round also wasn't a failure and I thought it might be, there were a few points where I was like, I'm going to have to refund everyone. Cause there's going to be like two people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that's not the case. And I'm glad is your program like officially started now or next month? It's Friday, Friday, Friday's the first gathering. Nice. Yeah. And it's just a gathering of everyone to get to know each other. It doesn't, we don't do the first module until August. So nice. Cool. What about something ugly you made this week or within the last three weeks? Because we haven't (laughs) recorded since. Yes. So I need to be honest about my relationship to ugly things right now, which is that moving into this house has activated so much perfectionism. Mm. Um, I like after being ungrounded for three plus months, my brain just wants everything perfect and in place. And it's been very, very hard on my brain. I I literally have like actual diagnosed OCD and OCPD, which is more particularly with details like that. And um, yeah, it's not been great for my brain. Um, And also is great to have a place to live. But I have a shirt that got stained very early on. It's like, it has like a graphic of a watercolor paint palette and it got stained. And at first I was like, ah, get rid of it. And then I was like, no, this is my messy shirt now. And so I'll like intentionally wear it for things I'm okay with it getting messy for. And like, I got strawberries on it the other day and I was like, good. I'm glad <laughs> I got strawberries. 
Um, and that's been fun. It's like one of the few places my brain's like allowing me to be imperfect right now, which I want to start exploring and breaking down more and need your help with. But yeah, that's, that's been a fun place for it. Great. I love that. Yeah. I was also, I was very sad because the strawberries came out in the wash and I (laughs) wanted them to be stained and be permanent. (laughs) Yeah. Bummer. What about you? (laughs) What ugly you made? Um, both Jordan and I just straight up forgot that it was our anniversary last weekend. <laughs> nice. Just didn't remember. It was even worse because, like, I got a card in the mail from my grandma the day before, and it was like, happy anniversary. And my brain was just like, we already celebrated that. And then I just, like, put the card on the table and I just, like, went about my business. But, like, it did not register that my actual anniversary was the next day. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What how many years is it? Six years now. Six? Yeah. I feel like six is the year that you'd be like, oh yeah. Well, okay, to be fair, we've like never been good about anniversaries. Like every few months or so, we're like, how long have we been together? And we have to like go through and like remember because neither of us remember ever. Um, but on the morning of we started getting like text messages from my family being like, Happy anniversary. And I was like, Oh, that actually is today. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> my brain. <laughs> um, so while Jordan was still sleeping, I was like out in the living room and I just wrote a really stupid poem to him <laughs> about our anniversary. It was just like a very dumb limerick. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, limericks are fun. Actually, I'll just, I don't remember if it's appropriate or not. I think it is. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, it's, you gave me a treat packed with cannabis. Now what's followed is eight years of bliss. We have traveled the earth and said no thanks to birth. I think I might give you a kiss. <laughs> That's so good, though. It's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. You should frame that. <laughs> In case anyone doesn't know, the first time I met my now husband, um, he sold me a pot brownie. So <laughs> fun story, which my mom does listen to this. I'm not sure if she knew that. Hey, mom. <laughs> she, she knows you better now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this was awesome. I hope that it encourages people to push past their fear of rejection and to just be able to pop back up afterwards. Yeah, I think something we didn't explicitly say in this, but has been a theme throughout is being playful with rejection. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a fun way to go about it. Because when I thought about doing this talk, I thought it'd be really serious and sad because rejection's hard. And it, it can be a very different experience. So yes, I hope that for people that they, they might think of a rejection they've had and think of a way they can play with it. Yeah. Definitely. I love it. Cool. Keep it ugly, everybody. Keep it ugly. We realized after recording that we completely failed to mention what it is we do. (laughs) One day we're going to get the hang of this. So Emerson is a certified dementia practitioner and end-of-life doula who has a practice called Happy Memories Elder Support. They're currently launching a program called From Panic to Power to support people in transforming their relationship with dementia. And I, Lauren, 
am an editor and creative mindset coach. My business is called Scribe and Sunshine, and I will be launching a coaching program soon that focuses on letting go of perfectionism and setting up a sustainable writing or creative practice. I'm currently looking for beta testers for the program, so please reach out if that sounds at all interesting to you. Thank you for listening and keep it ugly.